Health insurer merger mania. Or at least that's the rumor. This is Industry Focus. Hi, fools. Welcome to Wednesday's healthcare edition of Industry Focus. I'm your host, Michael Douglas, back from a two-week vacation in Italy. Sunny, overly hot Italy. Um, And I I can tell you at least a lot of the... um, Places that I went to uh, weren't too heavily into air conditioning, so uh, certainly glad to be back in Alexandria, although it was really a wonderful trip. Todd, how did things go while I was gone? Well, we missed you, Michael. We're glad to have our world traveler back in his seat. Oh, shucks. (laughs) You're very kind. Uh, How are things in New Hampshire weather-wise, by the way? I I would assume it's a bit more temperate. Yeah, beautiful blue skies, about 65, 70 today. Mm. Uh, ocean water is on schedule to get uh, palatable probably in about another month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. In, uh, in in Virginia Beach, I'm pretty sure it's already uh, plenty warm enough. All right. So speaking of hot water, actually, let's let's hop right into the news or at least the rumors of the day. And, and, and before we get into it, I've got to say, first off, everybody who's listening, rumors are in fact rumors. Um, I, I do not personally buy or sell uh, stocks based on rumors and would recommend you not do the same, particularly on merger and acquisition rumors, because even when a merger and acquisition looks like it's going to go through, sometimes it doesn't, right? Uh, folks who uh, in, invested in um, the AbbVie and Shire PLC deal uh, last year certainly found that out to their chagrin when it ended up following through. And that, was even, that wasn't even a rumor deal. That was a confirmed deal with everyone in agreement, and then AbbVie pulls out at the last minute. Um, so, Rumor is, you know, several steps more risky than that. So please, please, please look at the underlying business. Look at the investment thesis of the business as a standalone. Make your decisions based on that, not based on rumors. That said, some very interesting rumors in health insurance. Todd, we've got what United Health is reportedly interested in Aetna, which is reportedly interested in Humana. We've got Anthem, which is reportedly interested in Cigna. Where where do we start? I think everybody is going to try and buy everybody. It's basically <laughs> where we stand right now in the health insurance industry. There is a good old-fashioned land grab going on here. And I don't know how this is all going to shake out, if any of these deals are going to come to fruition, mm-hmm. or if this is all just a whole heck of a lot of, of posturing. Yeah, and, but, and, and these are and these are big, potentially, and again, rumored, but potentially very large deals. I mean, Aetna uh, has a market cap of what? I think last check, $43 billion. You can assume, I think, pretty safely that any uh, potential deal would have to be offering more money than that. I mean, that is a big chunk of change in healthcare or really in ind- any industry. Right. Cigna's looking at, you know, if that Anthem buys Cigna, it's going to be a, a deal that's north of $45 billion. Yeah. If United Health buys Aetna, it's going to be north of where we are now at $43 billion. I mean, these are huge potential deals, and they would create monstrous, Lisa, large health insurers. But that's what this industry wants. I mean, that's, you know, this is a business of scale. It's all about leverage. It's all about low margins and getting, being leveraged, you know, more people against your fixed costs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if you can get a United Health and buy an Aetna and get rid of all of the fixed costs that are duplicated, you could free up a lot of money for the bottom line. I mean, traditionally, this is a, you know, as you know, mid-single-digit margin business. This yeah. is not a, a technology-oriented business. This is, you know, they act as a middleman, if you will, 
between patients uh, and, and care providers or drug companies. So the more people that they can have in membership, the easier it gets for them to go and negotiate favorable terms with hospitals, with doctors, with drug makers. So again, this is a this is a play for scale. Yeah, and especially as you have all of these new insured folks coming on the market because of the Affordable Care Act, because of Medicaid expansion, um, as you have folks shifting into Medicare Advantage plans um, from traditional Medicare in a lot of cases, you've got just these massive opportunities for folks who are willing to strike. Um, and that's- yeah, you know, I, what, what I found interesting, too, is that all of this rumor activity is occurring right up before the Supreme Court is set to hand down um, its findings on the King uh, Burwell case. Yeah which could impact subsidies. So it's interesting that that so much activity is swirling about prior to something that could, you know, theoretically pose a hurdle that would have to be overcome for Obamacare. Right. Yeah. And why why do you think that is, Todd? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, who, who knows? All I know is that, you know, you look at these deals and the anatomy that might be behind them, yeah. and they are very intriguing. You know, look at United Health. United Health is a Goliath already. It has $35 billion in quarterly revenue, right? If they were to buy Aetna, they'd become a $50 billion a quarter company, yeah. $200 billion revenue run rate. What's interesting here, too, with the United Healthcare play for Aetna is that it would also expand United Healthcare into group life products, into disability products, long term care products. Those products, you know, those added, you know, they'd be a small piece of this much larger pie, but it certainly would help diversify them slightly away from, I guess you call traditional individual market health insurance. Right. Well, and and with if Anthem, uh, if and if a potential Anthem and Cigna deal were to occur, you know, you'd, you'd get Cigna's supplemental insurance and their uh, group disability and life businesses added to the Anthem umbrella, which could give them also some interesting opportunities. You know, that raises a really good point, too, Michael, because, you know, you think about these other parts of the business. And, you know, we had talked about what's going on with the Supreme Court decision soon. Well, the other thing that's happening in Washington is that we're more likely to see rates go higher over the coming months than lower. For the first time in years, we're talking about rate hikes. Mm-hmm. And the reason this is important for investors is because a lot of these insurers have money in short-term fixed-income instruments. Yeah. And if rates go up, then theoretically, you could see earnings benefit from that. Yeah, which is interesting because usually when we're talking about stocks being um, affected by rising rates, it's you know to the negative. But if they are able, in fact, to move into something that's um, a little bit higher yield for them, that could be an opportunity. You know, you also touched upon something else, Michael, that I want to follow up on, which is just simply the the demand for Medicare products. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the population of baby boomers and the fact that so many baby boomers are now turning sixty five. They're more active than they ever were before, um, and they're demanding more health care than ever before. So Medicare Advantage has become an incredibly important revenue generator for health insurers. And I think, you know, we talked about, you know, what's the, why, would, why would a company be interested in Cigna and why would a company be more interested in Aetna? But I think that's what makes Humana so, so interesting to all of these companies is because Humana is such a huge player in Medicare Advantage 
in Part D drug plans. They get the majority of the revenue from that business. So it could be that these insurers are looking at it and they're saying, okay, you know, at some point we're going to reach critical mass from enrollment tied to healthcare reform. Mm-hmm. Where else can we grow our business beyond that? And maybe it's in disability, maybe it's in life, or maybe it's just serving more Medicare customers. Sure. No, it's a, it's a good point. And there's always this inherent tension in, in healthcare, and you see it in pharma, and you also see it in insurance, and um, you see it to some extent in the hospitals as well, where you have these sort of core areas where you're very good at certain things. Um, pharma has in a lot of ways been slimming down to, you know, where a lot of these big farmers are focusing on two or three things that they're really, really good at and getting rid of a lot of those sort of non-core assets. Um, whereas here, you might have the potential to actually have some diversification. Um, and, and there are arguments to be made on both sides, because on the one hand, you know, focusing on what you're good at, well, Theoretically, at least, those are the areas where you're going to make your most money, where you're going to have your best margins, where you're going to be able to create some sort of um, plus compared to your uh, competition. On the flip side, um, if something happens that majorly disrupts one of those businesses, that becomes a big issue. And that greater diversification then can allow you to you know, plow more money uh, into, um, into something where you've been growing your sort of side and expertise on the side. Uh, and so there's kind of an argument to be had both ways. Uh, with that in mind, of the three rumored potential transactions, which would be the most attractive to you, Todd? That's a toughie. Um, these companies are all intriguing for a lot of reasons. I mean, think about think about this from the perspective of where can you free up money if you're the acquirer? Each one of these companies is returned in the past year or so about a billion dollars just in share buybacks to investors. So, I mean, theoretically, you've got money that can be freed up there. You've got money that's being paid out in dividends that can be freed up. I think that investors should focus, instead of trying to pick which is the best one to buy that might be acquired, they should just focus on, okay, which one is most likely to benefit from the larger trends that are affecting health insurance. And in that case, for me... It's got to come down to United Health and Anthem. How about for you? For me, it's got to be Anthem. Um, of course, to some extent, that depends on what happens in Kimi Burwell and with the larger Affordable Care Act story, because Anthem, in a lot of ways, is um, the story of a health insurer that really moved in aggressively on the Affordable Care Act. They've been aggressive in the exchanges. They've been aggressive about supporting um, or about benefiting and making sure they're competing for Medicaid expansion. Um, and uh, I think they've done a very good job of identifying the fact that you were going to see a lot of growth in um, healthcare tied to the government of one sort or another, Medicaid, Medicare, whatever the case may be. I think when you look at the overall trends today, in healthcare, I think Anthem's the best prepared of the group. That said, <laughs> something uh, transformative happens to the Affordable Care Act, I think all bets are off, and you have to kind of reevaluate. And that's the sort of thing that you have to do with any investment thesis, is when some key part of it changes, that's when you have to come back in and say, okay, do I really like this company still? You know, is this, is this the growth story that I originally invested in, or that I originally was confident uh, in? So, so that's my that's my two cents on Anthem, um, Todd. I think that's all the time we have today. But thank you, uh, as always, for your two cents uh, and for sharing your expertise with me and with the broader Motley Fool audience, folks. Check back to Industry Focus 
every day, or at least every weekday in the future. And as always, folks who are involved in Industry Focus may have um, interest in stocks that they talk about. The Motley Fool may have active recommendations either for or against stocks that we discuss. So never buy anything based just on what you hear. Thanks much. Full on. <laughs>